Good morning, and welcome to episode 363 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from BaseballProspectus.com. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller, and today we are welcoming back uh, Andy McCullough, who covers the Yankees for the Newark Star-Ledger, and we last had you on in late July to talk about the absurdity that was Alex Rodriguez at the time. Uh, and we are welcoming you back today to discuss the same topic. It has been a while, but the the topic has grown no less absurd. It maybe has grown more absurd since then. I don't remember exactly what was what what point in the saga that was, but uh, there were some some new developments on Sunday night. Just as you had probably recovered from the Scott Sizemore news, uh, yeah. you had to. You had to recenter yourself and and report on uh, on the 60 minute interview, 60 minutes interview with Tony Bosch and Bud Selig and Rob Manfred and A-Rod's attorney Joe Takapina, and there were several statements released uh, before and after that that program. So we wanted to to bring you on to to get your thoughts on the show since you were uh, entertainingly tweeting about it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I do. <laughs> it's really my only value. Um, so I guess, I, do you have any uh, any big takeaways from this as far as, I, I guess, what the the motivations of of Selig and, or I guess all of the, the various parties who were on the show, um, was there an agenda that, that each of them was sort of pushing to your to your eyes? Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's I mean, pretty clear baseball, you know, kind of wanted a, a touchdown spike. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think uh, to, uh, you know, to make a horrible metaphor, I think it's pretty clear they've been flagged for excessive celebration. I think, like, this is, that was pretty good. I mean, like, that, <laughs> Not you know, bad. It on, on the fly. <laughs> Literally, I write for a living. Um, anyway, so, but, but you know, like, if, as, you're, as you're watching this, the only thing I could think of was, like, why did baseball want to do this? I mean, like, because, you know, Tony Bosch, who's the guy who they're basically saying, you know, this is the guy who you need to believe, you know, this is the guy who's telling the truth, you know, this guy is, you know, he's the reason why we're able to bring down A-Rod, he gave us the evidence, da 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 and he's the guy who's saying to Scott Pelley, yeah, everyone in baseball does steroids, man, like, <laughs> come on, like, I mean, the third baseman in the field is on steroids, the pitcher's on steroids, it's just like such a... You know, for a sport that's been trying so hard to kind of, you know, get away from that, you know, that stain, it's just, it looks so, so bad. Like, it just seems like, I mean, didn't it seem like to you, like, it was pretty clear, you know, baseball wanted to drive the point home, and, and if anything, it just kind of made them look silly in the process? Maybe I'm wrong, but that was that was my immediate takeaway. Like, why right. why would baseball want to do this? Right. Some of the, the reactions I read, like, I was reading something that, that Jesse Spector wrote about how, you know, Bud Selig wanted to sort of cement his legacy with this and be the commissioner who was strong anti-steroids guy as he sort of rides off into the sunset one of these years. But mm-hmm. um, but right, the the revelation that like a Rod passed twelve drug tests while he was taking these things and that right. Bosch thinks that everyone is taking these things supposedly doesn't really make it look like the sport is is cleaned up. 
Right. Yeah. And 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 by all accounts, I mean, they, you know, I can imagine if you're, you know, someone in the union who's been pretty, you know, some of the players who've been really, really vocal about, you know, you know, making the this testing policy tougher, you know, trying to increase penalties, you know, all this, you know, you just you're looking and you just want to like smack your head against the desk, like what, you know, like why are we, why are is our our sort of management, why is Major League Baseball like? you know, consenting to a sort of program that makes us look like buffoons, makes us all look like cheaters, you know? Like, you know, Tony Bosch basically went out there and said, you know, that everyone in baseball is cheating. And it just, I, you know, it, it just looks so bad, I think. Um, and again, I just keep coming back to, like, why? I mean, there's so many there's so many interesting, you know, like, humorous things. Like, I thought some of the questions the Bosch were hilarious. My favorite, of course, was when uh, he was asked why you didn't tell these players or why didn't you tell your clients to not do this. <laughs> he looked at him and says to say, like, you know, like, I'm a drug dealer, right? Like, you know, like, this is, <laughs> like, you know, like I've, I've admitted that. I just told you, I, you know, it was, it was the whole thing was, you know, there was, there was points of comedy, but, like, when you really step back from that, it's kind of like, man, I, 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 you know, it seems like a Pyrrhic victory, if anything. You know, it just kind of does not look good for, for the sport. So anytime, though, you have, like, a sort of a, a body of authority, like, you kind of have this delicate balance of trying to both amplify the fear of danger while also demonstrating that you're the best person to deal with the danger. So, you know, you see this with like the government and like the threat of terror and you see it with cops and like, you know, crime and, you you know, you sort of want to get everybody afraid of crime and you sort of want to hype it while also sort of showing that you're doing things. And it's a tough balance to pull. Do you think that's what baseball was doing do they have any reason to convince us that um that we need to give them even more power or or do you just get the sense that the message got away from them and they didn't expect Bosch to kind of say all this and be featured so prominently or was it just sort of out of their control you know that's that's a good question and you know one of the things that um that sort of A-Rod's attorneys, you know, Joe Tacopina had, had another, you know, sort of blistering statement, at least tonight, late tonight. Um, you know, this is something they brought up. You know, A-Rod brought it up in his own statement. You know, this is Major League Baseball's next step into making harsher penalties for first-time offenders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and making it sort of more, you know, draconian and more, you know, uh, giving less control, I guess, to the players or less sort of, you know, fairness to the players. So, you know, I don't know if that's what the motivation is, but that certainly seems like a fear that's at least being, you know, it could be rhetoric, it could be whatever, but that's, you know, a fear that's at least being um, sort of put out there by, by A-Rod and his people that this is kind of baseball's way of, you know, increasing the penalty and making it, you know, more and more, just making it less sort of, um, just a, a less tolerant environment, I guess. It even, it seems like even more than increasing the penalties, maybe what they're trying to do is increase what they can penalize you for. I mean, it, they're, mm-hmm. they seem to sort of be acknowledging that the drug, the drug uh, testing program you know, does some stuff, but they're mm-hmm. sort of acknowledging that it doesn't catch these. And right. like, it, it's like they want to, uh, you know, I don't know, cast a wider net for how they can implicate players and what can qualify as a positive test. And, right. and uh, I mean, more than the threat of, uh, more than the length of penalty, it seems like the threat of certainty of penalty is what's going to give them um, greater power in stopping it. Right, yeah, that's a good point, and, and and you know, sort of the idea. Obviously, you know, that it's important to like this is a non-analytic, a non-analytic, you know, positive. So, 
Um, yeah, it seems like I mean, and I, it kind of I guess it kind of depends on how you feel about your know, performance enhancing drugs. And if you're really, really sort of, you know, you want to get them out of the game at all costs. If you're that sort of you know rhetorical person who, who just is so anti performance enhancing drugs, you know, well, it, it's going to brush up into cases like this because you're going to have to be relying on non-analytic positives because, you know, so often the drugs will be ahead of the test. Um, so it's something you really have to think about. You know, you really, really want, you know, the game to go after hard, um, you know, sort of people who are, they suspect using performance enhancing drugs. You're going to have similar cases like this where it's basically the word of, you know, potentially, you know, the person who sold the drugs and the person who, you know, allegedly took them, um, because they just won't be testing. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a, it's, it's a gray area that I, you know, it seems like baseball's made their choice for which way they want to go on it. Um, but, you know, it makes it seem like maybe cases like this will only increase in the future. So there were three statements released, right? There was the Players Association statement, there was MLB's mm-hmm. response to that statement, and then there was Takapina's statement, which was longer than both of the other statements put together. Um, how how bad is the blood, do you think, between these parties at this point? Like, are, are we getting to the point where it's going to spill over into other issues where it's not going to be just about A-Rod in this one case, but, but you know, the, the bad blood that's built up throughout this case and throughout this war of words is going to spill into the next negotiations. You know, I, I believe, I think Ken Rosenthal wrote about that today, that it's kind of, you know, this is kind of the drumbeat of maybe, you know, something, you know, we've had labor peace for so long, but this is kind of the start of potentially something uh, calamitous. I mean, it's it's a great question, you know. Um, it certainly does seem like, it's, it's such a complicated issue because players feel, you know, some players want, you know, all the drug, you know, all drugs out of the game, do anything you can, you know, to get them out, and others are thinking about the rights and, you know, sort of their, you know, if they themselves are an opportunity like this where, you know, a, a sort of, a, you know, they had a pharmacist who was giving them real supplement, regular supplements, and all of a sudden he went rogue on them and they fired him, you know, what's preventing him from potentially getting them suspended for all the time? You know, so there's so many different scenarios. Um, but I think it's certainly going to be, you know, it seems it's setting up for, you know, the next round of bargaining to be more contentious than, than maybe it had been in years past. But, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, tied in well enough. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not sourced well enough in that community to really have any clue. Um, <laughs> but it just, it, you know, it certainly does seem like a more, uh, you know, a, a more charged atmosphere than there have been, at least in, in the most recent sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would miss Takapina if he goes away at some oh, point. Was he, gem, was he not wearing makeup on the show? Because he, he made a comment <laughs> about other people wearing makeup, <laughs> just, just casually tossed in uh, that, that yeah. Bosch and Manfred were, were wearing makeup while they were making their appearance. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Salem. He compared it to the Salem witch trials. He's, I mean, he's something. He's a linguistic gem. I mean, he really <laughs> brings it every. He does not give away at bats. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he brings it every time. So you got to respect that. Um, so we had an article at, at BP on Friday by Eugene uh, Friedman, who didn't know at the time that the that the decision was about to be released, but he wrote about what he thought would happen. If uh, if the decision went against Arad and if he appealed and and basically he thinks that there's no chance that that this appeal would ever be upheld or that anything would come of it, is that basically your sense that this is just sort of uh, the the flailing of a, a drowning man at this point? 
Well, yeah, but that, you know that doesn't mean it's going to go away necessarily. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like from everything I've heard and from the people who I've talked to and from what pretty much everyone else has written who's been covering this is that it's, you know, it's considered pretty unlikely to get a judge to, you know, throw this out. I guess judges don't necessarily like to overrule arbitrators. That's, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it seems like it'd be very difficult for it to be thrown out. So yeah, it seems like it's going to stand, but that doesn't mean, you know, the fight's not going to stop. They're going to take it to the lawsuit against. Um, you know the lawsuit against Sealing and and, and MLB. Um, you know there's always potential for a lawsuit against the Yankees. Although you know the you know they if they wanted to do that, I guess they could have at this point. You know the Yankees sort of believe there's no evidence of anything for a lawsuit. Um, you know there's potentially to have a lawsuit against the union. I mean you know he's as as, as Alex has shown in recent months, he's more than willing to uh, engage in litigation. So um, you know I, I think uh, it's going to be a good day. I guess you know for sort of uh, you know, his lawyers because you're going to have plenty of work to do in the coming weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Is there a downside for him pursuing this further at this point? I mean, do you think he can rehabilitate himself in any way uh, or might he just keep going? Is he a, <laughs> is he a, is he a cornered, he, a cornered raccoon? Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's committed to it. You know, I, I, I that's a great question. You know, like, is there a way that Alex Rodriguez could repair his image and just kind of have this be a footnote instead of the lead in his, you know, career obituary, so to speak? I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I it just seems like he's committed. I mean, you heard it, you know, the day of the suspension. He was like, all right, well, I'm going to spring training. You know, <laughs> like, uh, I was talking to, you know, to someone, you know, who's familiar with, proverbial person familiar with his thought process and I said, you know, so just to be sure Alex is, you know, planning to come back in twenty fifteen and the person said, uh, he's planning to play in twenty fourteen, you know, like he's he's gearing up, he's ready to go, you know, he's expecting to take the field for the Yankees on opening day still. And you know, that might be delusion, that might be, you know, what else, what whatever, but he's he's chosen this road and, you know, he's gonna go down it. So there's you know, he's He's not. Uh, he's not going to change horses midstream, if that makes sense. Does he need permission from the team if he wants to play somewhere else, play in indie ball, or, or anywhere else while he is suspended? I believe so. I, it, I think it kind of dep- depends league by league. You know, uh-huh. like the the whatever the independent or the uh, there's a league out in California, I guess, where it, it's different. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I just don't see that scenario happening him playing for you know whoever the newark bears or something mm-hmm. um but I, you know it, there'll be plenty of stories written about it I, I got an email from the somerset patriots of the atlantic league <laughs> saying they weren't interested in him which is which is harsh because you know the guy's all right he still has some power <laughs> right um and i i mean how would you expect the the spring training debacle to play out trying to i mean we're we're just under a month away, I guess, from pitchers and catchers reporting. So it's a, it's a fairly imminent thing. How, I mean, geez, would... Ben, he's, he's neither of those things. Do you know anything about baseball? <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, but I mean, would you, would you expect him to report and just awkwardly, I, I, would the other Yankees like beat him with socks or I mean, how will that, how will that work? I, well, I mean, I guess Jason Stark wrote something today that was just kind of like, you guys really think he's going to report to spring training? And, you know, and my sort of response is, I have no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> you know, it's it's always sort of a, uh, it, 
it, it, there's no way of predicting how it would be. You know, it was it was somewhat awkward. I think last year, you know, everyone made a big deal about, oh my gosh, Alex is going to be such a distraction. What a distra- distraction! You know, as if like Lyle Overbay was getting in the batter's box and just be like, man, I just can't believe that's all I was doing today. Oh man, you know, like it's just they're professional baseball players; they can handle it. It'll be awkward, I'm sure, and. You know, if he's there, you know, players will get sick of being asked about it. But at some point, you know, you can't just like go up to Derek Jeter every day and be like, "Hey, uh, Cap, um, you got a second to talk about Alex?" You know, like <laughs> it's just it, at some point, like it, you know, you just can't. It, it just you move on. Like the news cycles, uh, you know, so fast that you find something else to write about. Um, so. You know, I, I, it, it would be strange. It would be, you know, sort of a fantastic thing to cover because it'd be so ridiculous. And you know, there's just so many goofy scenarios. Of you know, I read something today with you know the coaches could refuse to hit him ground balls or something, <laughs> <laughs> or like not, not. You know, ESPN New York was writing that you know that uh, that they could refuse to let him take batting practice at the minor league complex. So you know, like he's. <laughs> trying to get in, and they're like, "No, no, Mason Williams got to take another round, son. Sorry, Alex. You know, <laughs> it's just—it's <laughs> such a—you know—it's so preposterous. Um, you know, it's hard to sort of fathom it actually happening. Uh, but who knows? You know, who, but who the something, heck knows something is—I mean, something is going to happen. Like, like something will. So predict yes. it. I mean, Tell just, us what it like is. In general, or, or in this case, like just in life. <laughs> like, I mean, do um, you, it, it seems like the most likely thing. Just knowing human beings in general, mm-hmm. seems like the most likely thing is that he'll stand down. Right? He'll he'll make a little bit of noise for a couple of weeks, but he won't show up to spring training, and it'll be a fairly quiet off uh, regular season. And every once in a while, we'll hear about some court filing that got uh, thrown out or something like that, and then. Things will move on, and then it'll get really crazy a year from now, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I still think this year there will be the awesome couple times when there's stories of you know sort of him like, you know, just like helping out like in a youth league or something down in Miami, and there's just you know shots of him like with tons of kids around him, you know, like as he sort of plays pepper with them and stuff like that, and you know just talking about I love the game and you know all those sorts of things that will happen during the year. But, yeah, I think that's the most, you know, likely scenario. It's like, uh, you know, that, that, that there's some sort of settlement or something where he's sort of dissuaded from from coming down there. Because it just, it just would be such a circus. But, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, also, the, it doesn't seem like there's a, a recourse for, you know, MLB or, or the union or the Yankees to prevent it. I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a loophole, for, for lack of a better word. So, you know, there's no way of knowing what will happen. I could, I could, I really could foresee a scenario in which he's just hanging out at the minor league complex all spring long. <laughs> um, you know, it's not. It's probably. You know, it's not probable, but it's possible. Um, so who the heck knows? If that happens, we will probably want to talk to you daily. I think. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll there's going to be. Have I mean, you on retainer? There will be. There will be guys just standing on the sidewalk, you know, at South Himes uh, Avenue, just waiting for him every day. You know, <laughs> like the, t- the tabloid guys that have the manpower to send people down there, they'll just be hanging out, you know, right. just on a rod watch. Yeah, the awesome. the, the post well, writes well, articles about him when he goes to dinner. They just write about what he ate for dinner. So <laughs> right. we'll be hearing yeah. something. It'll be uh, it'll be something on it. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's been fascinating. Just uh, there's no way of predicting. Like that's the that's the one thing I sort of came to embrace last year doing it is just you know will we play? Will we not play? How will we be? You know, just just wait and see what happens, and there'll be something interesting. I'm sure. 
So what does this mean baseball-wise and payroll-wise for the Yankees? Uh, who will play third base? Is is the 189 luxury tax threshold still in play at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a possibility if they miss on Tanaka. Um, but if, from all accounts, they're very, very interested in getting Tanaka. So, um, but you know, if, if they can't get him, then they could, you know, fill in the gaps with, you know, whoever sort of fifth, you know, Joe fifth starter type. Um, and, uh, you know, and then they could get on 189, but yeah, I think if they go after Tanaka, they're still probably going to go over. And then as far as third base, you know, it seems like they're bringing in pretty much anyone who can maybe handle the position, you know, um, you know, they've talked to Mark Reynolds, they've talked to Mike Young, they signed Scott Sizemore today, you know, they've got Kelly Johnson. Um, it, it looks like it'll just kind of be a hodgepodge, you know, um, there's still, you know, the, I, at the beginning of the off season, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, well, what about, you know, like, would Stephen Drew make a ton of sense? Like, have him play third base for a year and then replace, uh, you know, replace Jeter as the shortstop for next year. And then, you know, it became pretty clear uh, Stephen Drew's not, you know, going to play third base anywhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he, sort of the way, you know, he and uh, Scott Boris were going to market him as, you know, the top shortstop, shortstop on the market. But, you know, it's January. It just became January 13th. And, Steven Drew still doesn't have a team, so you know that's an option that's unlikely. But I still think it's a ton of sense. It's just I mean, if he's there, yeah, if he's sorry to interrupt, I didn't mean to be a jerk. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it seems like if he's signed for a multi-year deal and the plan is to transition him back to shortstop anyway, then that would yeah. really affect Drew's market value in the future. No, no, but I, I think it was more of like a you know more of like a well, why would you have Stephen Drew play? You know, why would you have a team that had Steven Drew and not play him at shortstop? And that's a good point because he's better at shortstop than Derek Jeter is right now, you know. So um, that's kind of why would you said the same thing about A Rod. We're racing, we're racing to it. (laughs) There you go. I interrupted first. (laughs) Uh Oh, yeah, that's right. I would have interrupted first, except I had already burned my interrupting goodwill. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess yeah, I guess he did. Uh, he did move to third base. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I should write a story about that in or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just get to the bottom of that. Uh, so the last time that we had you on, we finished by making a bet, or you and you and you and Sam made a bet. Um, I think we we actually finished by talking about Britney Spears for a while. Yes, that's right. But before that. There was a bet discussed. Do you recall the terms of that bet? Uh, I believe it was uh, like thirty to one for a dollar if uh, Alex broke uh, Barry Bonds' home run record. Yes. So I'm just waiting. You know, I'm willing to negotiate a ninety cent buyout at this point. <laughs> I would double or nothing if you gave. I would. I would. I would still do it at sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would get $2, and you would get $60? Is that how that works? Uh, no. I would get no. ni- I would get 90 and you would get 2 <laughs> Oh, no. No way. No way. <laughs> I'm sticking to my bed getting a dollar. <laughs> yeah, and you, you will get that dollar. Yeah, what is the fee on a, on a, on a dollar via PayPal? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't have a PayPal account either, so... Of course, no, I don't have PayPal or Skype, so and I just recently ditched my BlackBerry. So can I a, can I Snapchat you a dollar? Is that a, a thing that kids I do? Don't, I don't have that either. Did uh, you? I've heard about it though. Did you uh, ditch your BlackBerry because you were afraid that 60 Minutes would get a hold of your your messages with Tony Bosch? 
I don't understand. Everyone's making fun of Alex for having a BlackBerry. BlackBerry is a great phone. Like I had it for a long time and really liked it. I, you know, it took me a while to get used to typing on an iPhone. I don't. I didn't. I don't understand the black, the anti-BlackBerry we did. I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we thank you for coming on, on on short notice to talk to us about the latest developments and. The way this is this is going, uh, it probably won't be the last time that we ask you to to come on and give us the latest from the the A Rod beat. Um, yeah, there'll, there'll be something new, I'm sure. You know, they're filing a federal injunction tomorrow morning, so you know that's something to look forward to. And uh, by the way, one time when I was at an Atlantic League game, just to give you the sense of the Atlantic League, I was sitting in the dugout interviewing the pitching coach. This was like four years ago. And uh, I was sitting in the dugout, and all of a sudden the baseball just came whizzing in and almost like hit me in the head. And I just looked out and I was like, what the heck was that? And the pitcher goes, oh, yeah, that was Preston Wilson trying to play second base. And so <laughs> that's, like, that's the level of sort of goofiness. And, I, you know, the Atlantic League's great entertainment, affordable entertainment. I don't want to, you know, you know, sort of rag on it that much. But, like, that's... You know, if you're saying, like, we don't want A-Rod, that'd be, like, the greatest thing ever, you know? <laughs> like, if, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, there's a lot anyway, of leagues. yeah. Just because the Atlantic League has one, it doesn't mean there's not another team that would take him. There are a lot of leagues, yeah, and there, and there's all you know, there's Japan and Korea and sort of all those sorts of things, which is you know maybe where like Kendry's Morales is going to end up playing at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to I, to be yeah. topical humor. Preston Wilson never did play a game in second base in the Atlantic League. Unfortunately, he did play a game at center, um, but. Apparently they saw enough in practice. He hit, <laughs> he hit 302, 344, 474 though. Yeah, he was. I mean, Preston Wilson's an awesome baseball player, but that doesn't mean he almost didn't kill me once with a baseball. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It looks like it was five years. Oh no, it was only two years after his last game in the majors. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 my last uh, Atlantic League point for the night. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you can follow Andy at McCullough SL on Twitter. You can read him at the Newark Star Ledger, where he writes about other things occasionally when A Rod allows. Uh, and please uh, let us let us know if you see anyone eating gummies. You know what sure. I like? I yeah. like that press. I I like that he 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 wanted to play second. That he didn't insist on playing short. I mean, he's Preston Wilson. He's like the only famous person in the league. He probably could have. Let let you know convince him to let him take grounders at short before a game, but he's like, nah, I'm realistic. Second base yeah. will do for me. He he understood his limitations. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget good, that. Good the ball like the ball like buzzed my left ear and like just like just crashed into the. I was so scared, you know. I was like 21, like two weeks out of college, and no idea what I was doing, and almost got killed by Preston Wilson. It was great. <laughs> All right, that. Andy, your twelve thousand dollar envelope is in the mail. Okay, well, my dollar better be coming through PayPal soon, too, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thanks, Andy. We'll talk to you soon. No problem, guys. Have a good one. Did, 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 were the words Ryan or Braun said once during that entire investigation? <laughs> like, I mean, this is like the best day in Ryan Braun's life.